What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and free agent J-Rob here. He's looking for a team. He can't stand the Broncos or Russell Wilson anymore. So if you've got any suggestions, throw them out. I think we're going to rule out the Chiefs, probably the Chargers, definitely the Raiders. So avoid the the AFC West. Yeah, Yeah, avoid the AFC West. Um, uh, Seahawks go sloppy first on uh, Russell Wilson there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you're I just negging Russ. That's yeah. what you should do. Just there you go. Buy a Geno Smith jersey. <laughs> really steer into it. <laughs> that would actually be pretty epic. I'm going to see if I can find point, one here. At this point, I might get a custom one with Pete Carroll's name on the back for how much he finessed the Broncos in this trade. <laughs> God, God. Rough, 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 rough. Um, so w- before we get into, like, you know, we're going to keep the same format of sort of uh, week seven. Uh, recap and week eight preview but we are going to change up a little bit how we do the recap instead of going game by game like we have been um, each of us is going to throw out a topic that stood out to us and you know it'll lead into some of the game analysis obviously but um, you know we're going to try to be a little bit more efficient with our time at least on the front end here with the recaps um, especially if we're you know a few days late and Thursday night football starts well tomorrow or probably today when you're listening to this so um getting into it my first topic because we hadn't had a chance to discuss it it went down during thursday uh thursday night game last week but christian mccaffrey gets traded from the panthers to the san francisco 49ers um he goes for a second a third a fourth next year and a fifth in 2024. Now, keep in mind, this comes after the 49ers a year ago traded three firsts and a third for Trey Lance to move up from 12 to three. Um, They now have still somehow have five draft picks in next year's draft, uh, but none of which are before the third round. So um, Shani, just the like merry-go-round of running backs for him continues he has a good one i don't think there's any question that christian mccaffrey is a very good player um so i'll start with you toaster are you buying or selling this move for the 49ers like what what do you make of it for them i'm selling it in that they didn't need this to get over the hump they've had tremendous success with all of their running like whatever plug and play running back you wanted that's never been their their issue. Jeff Wilson Jr.'s done just fine. He did just fine when he was the third string running back last year. Um, they were so stacked at, uh, at running back that they already gave up on Trey Sermon. So it's not like they... Who they moved really, up to get exactly. a year ago. So it's just like, these are interchangeable pieces. It's kind of like defensive backs in Bill Belichick's system to me. You don't need this. It's a splash move. Maybe it gets some more people... Uh, putting some Levi's in the Levi's stadium seats, but I I don't they don't wear Levi's in the Bay Area. Giving up the draft capital that they did because this isn't the this isn't the one that puts you over the edge, right? A quarterback, absolutely. A running back where the ball's not even in his hands every single play. You already had Debo Samuel uh, running something similar, and you were able to be successful. There, there's this is a moot trade to me. I think. CMC will continue to put up stats as long as he's healthy. And that's the most ironic part to me is he goes to the team that can't keep running backs healthy. Maybe this is like 
just that weird karmic thing where, yep, it ends up working out. So they currently have the fourth highest Super Bowl odds, which um, is kind of surprising considering their record and how they've played, especially this week. They got fucking boat raced by the Chiefs. Um, But do you think, J-Rob, that like with the weak NFC or how weak it is right now that I I know Toaster doesn't think this puts them over the top necessarily, but I mean, is that what this move was? Is this an all in move for them? So I do think it's like to help put pieces around Jimmy, but I'm, I'm interpreting them going after Christian McCaffrey as them believing in Jimmy. I think this is them going all in on Jimmy because they feel like they need to surround everything else around him in order to be successful. And they see what Trey Lance, like can't stay healthy or like, I don't, I don't see them having faith in Trey Lance and especially the the locker room loving Jimmy. I feel like this is them saying, we're giving you everything around you to make your life as easy as possible. And so do I think it's going to take them to a Super Bowl? No, but I do think it's going to set Jimmy up to be as successful as he possibly could be, which could get you to an NFC championship game. Does that help then? Because Jimmy's only there for one more year. That's so that's why if you say it's going all in, but it's not going to get you the Super Bowl, then it's a waste of those draft picks, in my opinion. But do you think this is like maybe them saying, hey, we know we mishandled your offseason last year. We want you to come back next year. And we like brought these guys in to show like, hey, they're giving up on Jordan or Jordan Love. They should give up on Jordan Love (laughs) (laughs) on Trey Lance. Uh, after everything that they get, well, that was a Freudian they just, they, slip, huh? They just can't. They're just there are very few people that could get away with that. Um, and we'll see what it does for you know, like Frank Reach and Chris Ballard in Indianapolis, because you can't mess up at that position. They didn't give up the same assets that they, that the San Francisco 49ers did for uh, Trey Lance. True, and this one to me is just so shocking because. We've seen now, okay, there's no question that Kyle Shanahan's offensive genius is very, very well regarded throughout the league. Just look at how many coaches from his tree are now head coaches or are play callers. Like, damn near half the league runs a Shanahan, a version of the Shanahan offense. So we're talking about this guy that's like the pinnacle of offensive football in 2022, and he just like... There's that same group that like holds him up on this pedestal, like myself included, is like running backs are the dumbest thing to invest in, like in today's NFL. And he continues to drop, you know, maybe not first or second round picks, but he's throwing third round picks at running backs like it's nobody's business. We mentioned Trey Sermon, um, the other guy that they drafted in the third round this year, Tyrion Price. Somebody help me. Tyrion yeah. Davis Price, I think. Yeah. Tyrion Davis Price. Um, you know, you wasted another third round pick on him. They've given up draft capital previously uh, for running backs uh, since they, him and John Lynch have taken over here. And now you just like empty the tank. I mean, I think I saw that by um, one of the more modern uh, draft pick like valuation systems, they gave up the equivalent of what's like the fourth pick in the draft this year. I mean, that's just insane. Now there's no question. Christian McCaffrey's a great player and he is more than just a running back. Yeah. But, but he, even, he wasn't even worth a fourth round pick 
our fourth overall pick when he was drafted on a rookie contract, whatever, <laughs> right. six years ago, five years ago. Right. Like, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that he continues to mishandle that position when, like you said, Toaster, he's gotten such good production out of Jeff Wilson, out of Elijah Mitchell, who was the sixth-round pick last year. Um, you know, like, pretty much anyone he puts into that offense that has any level of speed or vision is going to be successful. I just don't think like it was worth it for them. Um, it seemed like a desperation move to me. I don't know how this really, I haven't had a chance to fully digest it. I don't think, but I, I feel like this has some Trey Lance implications. I just don't know where quite yet. I think that this was honestly just a ploy to try to pump up prime video ratings because it <laughs> happened at like halftime and unfortunately they didn't talk about it till the end of the game but i think that that that's the only thing that i can really see here is that this has been in the works for a while and they're just like can we just release this on something that'll get the numbers up because that's been consistently dropping um over time the one thing that i will say is his contract for a stud running back is now affordable because the panthers took on so much dead money out of mm -hmm. this they had restructured his contract at the beginning of the year to push everything into a signing bonus and reduce his base salary so he's only costing them 12 million for the next three seasons after this and he's under contract for that long but that puts him in his age 30 season i will say him in the backfield with trey lance in the backfield would be something that could be very dynamic so i'm not going to throw them under the bus for saying that this was a completely unreasonable trade i just think it was an unnecessary trade and it's not going to get them over the hump this year which is what i think that they needed because trey lance didn't look ready for me uh two three years out yeah so, but uh, no go for it Jared. you don't think having a debo and a mccaffrey who are basically like very similar comps players were like you know mccaffrey's a better runner than debo and debo's a better catcher than mccaffrey but they both do both very well this actually I mean, might be reversed, quite frankly. But yeah, <laughs> honestly. But like but you know what I mean? Like they're both very dangerous at what they do. Yeah. You don't that doesn't pose a threat. Like instead no, of having I a mean, dual threat at quarterback and look at running Stewart back, you have right it. now, right? If you put the right weapons around him, he can be successful. So I do think that it'll help his development. But what it does do is set your franchise back by not only losing these draft picks, but then you ultimately have to pay Trey Lance for the performance that you get out of him because you're paying other superstars or you have other superstars around him and that's the dangerous part to me for this is you know you get you build them up to the point where you can't let them go uh that is something that tangentially will be very interesting with the lamar jackson um outcome after this season like you he's built himself up as a superstar and is it worth paying the superstar and i think that he's the one that we figure that out with um at the quarterback position at that next level of, of future stars yeah, I think this ultimately is a last-ditch effort for them to, like you said, surround Trey Lance next year with as much as possible, and they better hope to God that that guy actually pans out because it he's played almost no football in three years, and he injuries, I think, will always be a thing for him. I, I just based on the way he has to be used to ultimately be effective. Um, and I, they just better fucking hope that that worked out. I, I don't. He's always crazy. I think the Warner football his entire life. So what'd you say? 
he's basically played Pop Warner football his entire life uh, based on the level of competition that he's gotten against. So yeah, um, more or less. Yeah, I it go all in. I mean, John Lynch has a six year contract, and um, obviously um, we will see how uh, Shanahan's able to continue to use these weapons. I think he'll be successful, but it just doesn't put them quite at the upper echelon of anything except, I guess, the NFC, right? And that's all that ultimately matters. Just get there, right? Like, anything can happen, honestly. Um, all right. Call me crazy. I think they're done with Trey Lance. That, I don't think they're ever going to say it, but call me crazy. I think I don't disagree with you. I, I, I really over. don't. I really don't. I, Mac Jones we'll swap for Trey Lance? Dude, I mean, that... It, Might as well. <laughs> why not, right? I, I mean, get the guy that you probably actually wanted when you moved up and then got talked out of. Yeah. Like, uh, fuck, man. Um, all right. I don't think we need to linger on that too much. Um, you know, that I kind of called out that game a little bit. The Chiefs just destroyed the 49ers. After being down um, 10-0, typical yeah. style. Yep. They, uh, I saw that since Patrick Mahomes has taken over as starter, in games that the Chiefs spot the opponent 10 points or fall behind uh, 10 points at any time, they have a 10-8 and record. They are the only team that is above 500. The next closest team is like 3-11. and So they're just... I, mean, I, I obviously took them as my bonus pick thinking that they'd win by more than three, but this is another thing for teams with this dynamic of an offense. Playing the live bet is not a bad situation because the numbers you're getting at down 10 points versus the numbers you're getting at the start of the game. If you know that they're a slow starter, someone, you know, yeah. the Cardinals that can't put up points in the first quarter or the Eagles that don't put up points in the first quarter. Interesting strategy there for these types of teams that have that explosive level of offense. Yeah, but Vegas, I will say, probably is on top of that as well. But I, I don't disagree that that's, that's a, a yeah. good strategy. I remember at it's like when they were down 10, the best odds for Moneyline Chiefs was plus 190. I mean, dang. which is still solid. Plus odds. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For the Chiefs, but you would think it would be more than that, and they're like, "No, we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep it under 200." Yeah, yeah. Versus All right. going into the game where it would have been minus 200, right? So yeah, yeah. All right. What's your sure. what's your uh, premonition, eye opening experience here, J. Rob? Uh, after your long flight to long flight to London, uh, would you wake up seeing? Uh, so I've got two. One I think is going to be a little shorter. Uh, if I'm the Giants you have to sign Daniel Jones to a two-year deal. Like, I know it sounds dumb. season But, like, no, just in the offseason. Like, they're 6-1, and one, and I know every game they've won has been within one possession. But I feel like that is a perfect example of how mismanaging either a court, and not that he was mismanaged, like, not that he was uber talented and got mismanaged, but, like, the mismanagement of quarterback or a coaching a coaching system just being shoved down a player's throat versus trying to just do plays that help players succeed and help teams succeed based on personnel. We're seeing it with the Giants. We're seeing Dayball make these pivots and doing things that accentuate his players and not forcing them, pigeonholing them into something that, like, Daniel Jones has been good. Like, he's been, he hasn't cost them games. And if you're the Giants, like, do you really want to go into next year with no quarterback? when you've 
kind of built some momentum, built some identity and had been winning football games for the first time in like God knows how long. I don't know. I think that's, you know, a good call out. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily buy in fully quite yet. Um, Toaster, you would probably be a good person to answer, but a two-year deal scares me a little bit with Daniel Jones, but they they would have the ability to franchise tag him, wouldn't they? I was gonna say I don't think they'd I don't think he would sign a two-year deal, and I don't think that they'd necessarily be after a two-year deal. Deal. What I would say is you give him the uh, unrestricted free uh, unrestricted franchise tag, which is only in the twenty-five twenty-eight million dollar ballpark. He's allowed to negotiate with other teams. You get compensation you if get somebody comps. does want to sign him. Uh, and you play it one more year because while their record says that they're, you know, good. Yeah, the wins are close. The wins are are there, five and ones. A lot of very close games, and you're not relying on Daniel Jones to win you those games, and Saquon's performance will eventually drop off. I don't mean that this season. I just mean as a running back, that'll eventually go. Uh, And then what do you have there to support it? I will say it's tremendous what he's doing with the surrounding cast that he has. Um, I mean, he's got Kenny Galladay. He's got Kadarius Toney. He's got a very deep bench since that's where those two are sitting right now. Um, But, you know, you got the Wandale Robinson. um, Can't even remember the name of their tight end right now, Bellinger. Uh, So what he is doing is impressive, but I don't think that he's done enough to deserve that. You're, he's not going to take anything for less than two years, seventy million, I would say. So you might as well just end up in the franchise tag area. Don't go through those negotiations. Hurt some feelings like you inevitably do, a la Lamar Jackson, as we alluded to earlier, uh, and play it by ear one more time. And if he balls out again, you still have the franchise tag option after that. But you know whether or not you want him for more than you know that two-year stint. Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> He's he's playing well, like no doubt, but he's very, very propped up by the scheme. And we've we've talked about it previously a little bit, but the what they're doing with him to win games is admirable and you love to see it from a coaching staff just getting the most out of their guys and playing to their skill sets, but it's got a really low ceiling. And Daniel Jones is not one like he looks I, I, way I, more confident, though. He, like, no, he, he does. Looks comfortable. I think he's breathing out of his nose now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for him, right? I mean, he's he's definitely looks way more comfortable, but so much of that is schemed open for him. He's still not winning on traditional dropbacks, and like a, a stat that I heard recently was about the. The top three players in the NFL this year are quarterbacks in uh, scramble rate, and there are the three guys with the large, the longest time to throw. It's Justin Fields, Marcus Mariota, and Daniel Jones. The difference is Justin Fields and Marcus Mariota are have the one and two highest average depth of target in the NFL as well. So they're holding onto the ball to make impact plays. Daniel Jones. His average depth of target on uh, when he's pressured is super, super low. Like, he's just not delivering impact plays. And I think at some point we'll see a regression with him in regard to his ability to hang on to the football, uh, maybe some of the luck with the fumbles. And when that happens, their margin for error is so slim. 
I, I will say that going into next year, they are sitting on the second most effective cap space. Um, so there is room to augment the roster, um, but and and where they are likely at this point, likely going to be picking in the first round. I don't think it makes sense for them to necessarily go after a quarterback. I mean, I've been on the record saying I think there's only one quarterback worth going after in the first round in this draft. Um, but it, so you roll with him one more year, you continue to build the roster up, and then you shed that salary and hopefully put yourself in a position to either draft somebody next year or go after a veteran that becomes available. But it, I mean, it, it, going two years on him, I, it, it's not, I don't think that's the route to go unless he accepts a deal that is like total dog shit for him, which I don't think he'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Give it another shot. Give it another shot. What right, yeah. number? What's your I, I still takeaway? think, I mean, I, yeah, I still believe that they should at least give Dan Jones one more year because it's like uh, this totally. is the first year he's actually had a legit look, in my opinion, based totally. on the shitty offensive offensive coordinators he's had before. One more year, this absolutely. Is, this is, and I'm not comparing him to Kirk Cousins because I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback, but it's the Kirk Cousins conundrum. Do you take something that can be consistently competitive but doesn't get you over the edge? Maybe throw Jimmy G into that conversation as well, or do you say? We, we're we not here to just you know skip by in the playoffs, barely eke out some wins. We're going to get butts in the seats anyways. We make money regardless. It's the NFL. It prints money. We want to have that Eli Manning, mouth-breathing dummy glory uh, <laughs> that you know we come in as a wild-card team maybe uh, like they did, but he's, there's just not enough talent on that team right now to take them over the edge. And do you want Daniel Jones to be the one that helms it as you start to rebuild? I, again, super impressed with where they are at because they basically just salary dumped this offseason. This was not supposed to be a competitive year. Won't use the T word because uh, they were always, you know, I don't think that they were intentionally ever going to be losing. But they definitely were trying to shed salary and say, let's set ourselves up for two years from now. Uh, that's why they didn't take on Daniel Jones's fifth year option because there was no need to because they didn't know what their team was going to look like this year. Um, and that's all the props in the world to Dayball. He has to be the uh, leading candidate for coach of the year right now. For sure. Agreed. All right, Josh, what's your second takeaway from this week? Uh, there are quite a few teams that thought they were like, so whenever you see a trade and you're always like, like, Oh, they got a first round pick, but the first round pick they got was from a team that's going to be good. Where <laughs> is this audio coming from? Sorry. Something just started playing in my background and I have so much shit right. in my well, ear. We, right can't, now. we can't hear oh, it. We so can't hear you, but stealing. Since you're stealing what I was potentially going to go for, I'll, I'll lead in while you figure out your voice. I, I got it. I got, we're good. Yeah, I got okay. it figured out. Uh, you're talking about the Seahawks having the Broncos top five pick. Yep. And Eagles then, uh, having the Saints yep. top six pick. And yep. then Texans having the Browns top four pick. Yep. And those were all picks where it's like, dude, they got first round picks, but what are they going to use with them? And now it's like, oh, shit. Not only are they – two of those teams are doing very well in their division. Uh yeah, they're going to end up with probably top 10 picks. Seattle might get their future quarterback out of this whole deal, which would be fucking wild. Well, oh, to be fair, I did Gio. think they would. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, I did think that that was going to be the case with their own pick. But, um, if, man, you're right. It's 
it is wild. Like it, if this doesn't give teams pause about dishing out first round picks, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it for a quarterback, right? I think the Broncos still 10 out of 10 times would make the deal that they made because they needed a quarterback, obviously hindsight it's 2020, but like, if you are sending a first round pick for anything other than a quarterback that could potentially take you to the Super Bowl or the conference championship game at worst, then it's a mistake. You're just, there's too much parity in the NFL. Injuries happen, shit happens. And now the Seahawks, I mean, God damn, the Broncos, what they gave up now looks so, so much worse to your point. Yeah, not great. <laughs> Toaster. So you're, say, so you're saying you're not on the Olave trade? I'm not I, on the what? The, you're you're, you're asking me, I'm guessing, because yeah. I, I love Chris Olave. Not, not for what it's worth for them right now. I mean, it, look, Olave is a very good player. What is it doing for them? You know, I... I, I, I'm completely with you. That's why I threw it out there. I agree. You take the chances with the quarterback. I don't think you necessarily take the chances with like the Deshaun Watson level quarterback, but the rust trade, I think that you do that over again. Um, other than, oh, wow, what are Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin, these just fantastic heads that we don't give credit to hiding because you never heard a peep like this out of, I mean, Russ had some personality quirks back then, but now he's just thinking that he is the he's insufferable. And it is, I think he's making, I'm insufferable even as not a Broncos fan. Even as somebody that's rooting against Russ actively right now, I'm still insufferable for what he's putting out there. It is just demeaning. Can you just highlight real quick, do you have the quote in front of you for uh, his trip on the plane from oh. London? Uh, uh I can paraphrase so, it. So I can have. paraphrase it too. The first hour or two, uh, I watched film, and then basically everyone else on the team went to sleep because I'm just going to throw them under the bus, Aaron Rodgers style. Like so no I got up and basically fucking ran wind sprints in the aisle of our 777 uh, while everyone else was sleeping. I stretched. Then I took a quick one-hour nap, and then I started watching film again. So, yeah, I'm ready. I'm getting ready to go. Well, he also... For you know, claimed hours. that he doesn't uh, get jet lag. Like, yeah. it, what a fucking dink. I also got to say, and this is a uh, humble brag, but as somebody that has traveled on team charters, if this asshole or any <laughs> asshole was doing something like that in the middle of the aisle, everyone would be like, sit your ass down. Like, I just don't, I don't get it with him. To your point that Pete Carroll has covered this up for so long, I, I think there were rumblings, but there was also the element of he's winning, he's playing well, we're just going to keep riding with it as long as we can. Um, the Broncos are unfortunately in a position where they gave up so much to get him and then gave him that contract that you're just married to who he is. And you have to let him let his dork flag fly because... It's just, it, oh my god! And he's it, on a power a trip. Disaster. Like whether he wants to admit yeah. it or not, he's on a power trip. Like he is. It's ridiculous. Like, 
it, that's do that when you know you're Aaron Rodgers and you say relax or whatever the hell you want to say, but then you go out there and you're playing at the highest level that anybody's yeah. ever played at. Yeah. Fine, yeah. fucking Russell Wilson right now and the Broncos offense is so like barf worthy. Like you, what are you doing? Do you? I just, I don't know, man. I just want to know. Ego, if... It's all ego. Because I, I would want to hide in a fucking cave if I was playing like him, and the, I, you know, forced forced to trade, and they gave me this contract. I would be fucking mortified. And he's out there every chance he gets with a microphone in his face, saying something stupider than the last thing he said. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that players even have to call his manager just to get a hold of him. Like, what are we doing? What a douche! Like, what are we doing, dude? These guys go to war with you, and you're like calling manager. It's like, I mean. That's our relationship. I just happen to be my own manager. <laughs> Say if it's ten percent oh. cut. So you're gonna yeah. say your wife was the manager? And you're like, yeah, you got to run through the manager. Uh, All right. All right. Well, my it's, it's not necessarily a takeaway from this last week, but it is setting us up for the next week, and that is that the trade deadline is gonna happen between now and the next time we talk to you guys, and there's gonna be some real opportunities here to determine whether teams are in it or out of it. Uh, number one being the uh, Cleveland Browns with Kareem Hunt, because if they offload Hunt, they're basically saying this is a this is a loss season for us after a potentially a loss Monday night. We'll get into our uh, primetime picks later. Um, but we already saw the CMC move. Uh, we've already seen a Robbie Anderson move. Uh, we might still see a DJ Moore move. There's an Elijah Moore. Uh, so one of the Moors will probably be moving. Robert um, Quinn got traded today. Yeah. Um, so, and that's after a marquee victory for the, the Bears that finally yeah. said, hey, maybe we're still in it. And I think they recognize that, hey, they're still a little bit further away from the Vikings and Green Bay Packers than uh, yeah. they want to believe. But uh, that means it's a big week all around for what's the motivation for these teams going in? And that takes me back to, you can't measure intangibles in the NFL and damn have Rogers and Brady lost their intangibles. They don't look like they want to be there anymore. They are probably going to be fine because they're in the NFC. They're both in weak divisions uh, or at least divisions that the Vikings will probably win it at this point, but there's enough uh, wild card fodder that Green Bay can probably catch up. Yeah. Uh, but you get the ballers out there like Heineke, you get the PJ Walkers wanting to prove stuff, Bailey Zappi for the last two weeks outside of this terrible Bears loss. Um, it's one of these things where that grit gets you places, and teams seem to be getting complacent right now. And I don't know if it's the lack of preseason work. It's the fact that this, you know, they're starting with the social media trend. You're able to spread blame around more so than you used to be, right? Because Aaron Rodgers, if you think about 10 years ago, if they're playing shit like this, it's all on Rodgers. It's not him getting the microphone, the opportunity to prop up and say, oh, well, I've got shit receivers. Oh, my team doesn't know what they're doing. We're making yeah. the wrong runs and calls 20% of the time. No one gives a shit at that point. But now that everybody's their own celebrity, has their own talking points the the access to all of these players it's almost like it rips these teams apart a little bit and you know throw russ right in this rogers has equation. a weekly fucking segment on pat mcafee they call it yeah. aaron rogers tuesday yeah. like 
it, it's ridiculous. He, by the way, his whole thing about there's pe- 20, you know, percent of the time people are making mistakes and those people need to be held accountable. Talk about like the definition or the embodiment of the like hot dog suit meme where he's like, we're all trying to find the man responsible for this. It's like, dude, look in the fucking mirror. Yeah. I mean, Brady, Brady's a situation where I feel like he has still played well, not to Tom Brady level, but given the issues on their offensive line, the injuries that they've dealt with at the skill positions, I think he has still played well, despite the fact that that offense has been bad and they haven't performed well as a team. Um, Rogers, on the other hand, has been fucking awful. But I, I mean, where I where I, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna say I, I don't think it is hyperbole to say he's been one of the five or six worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year, and this is the guy who won the MVP last year. Is that what your QB metrics say? He's, um, he's, definitely, he's definitely lower than average. Uh, where I was gonna go with that is oh, definitely lower uh, than average. I live betted the Bucks to win this even when they were down 21-3 because I just still have that I believe in Brady. He'll get them over the hump. He'll just say, put the team on my back and get there. And he's not able to do that anymore. And I just don't see the same. Him and Rodgers are nowhere near the same level because there's zero fire from Rodgers. Rodgers, to me, is checked out and just said, this is this is my business decision. I'll collect my $50 million. I'll collect $50 million next year as long as uh, Brady retires because I don't want to retire the same year as Brady. Uh, and just play this out because your hands are tied. You're not starting Jordan Love. You don't have any idea what you're going to do with him because I'm still around. You can't get rid of me, similar to the Broncos not being able to get rid of Russell Wilson. But once you lose that fire, it's just the talent level is so close in all of these things. And it's those intangibles that put you over the edge and you get people like a Heineke who doesn't have the talent level, but he has some of those intangibles. He's, gamer, man. he's willing to put his hand. Uh, when I said, uh, when I told Stacy, uh, my wife that he was a gamer, she's like, Oh, he likes call of duty too. And I was like, no, that's not what that means, babe. Uh, but <laughs> that's, Hey, you know what? We got one NFL quarterback who's a gamer, exactly. right? Like, yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, just throw Murray in there, right? They're struggling this year. And he, he seems to be deflecting a lot more blame than he's taking on. And that's not what used to be able, what used to make you a franchise quarterback, right? Now it's about your own brand versus you being the brand, the team's brand. And Mm -hmm. I just, it's going to get interesting as more and more of these contracts come up and they're getting bigger and bigger. If more people are going to start falling on their face, like Rogers at 50 million a year, like, Russ at close to 50 million a year. Deshaun Watson's going to have close to 50 million a year. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens once there's less team and more me. Yep. So I, a little bit of insight into where Rogers currently ranks. Um, and at some point, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, ranking, but uh, based on this ranking that we, well, you know, I've mostly come up with here and I, I would love you guys to fact check me on some of this, but um, Rogers is currently the 29th ranked quarterback by our metric. Um, essentially there's three components. There is completed air yards per attempt. So measuring like how efficient you are um, removing yak from the equation. Um, there is completion percentage over expectation. So, again, compared to the average quarterback um, and the situation, like, you know, 
how your completion percentage compares to what it should be. And then the third component is win probability added per dropback. So the plays that you make, how they ultimately affect the potential outcome of the game, right? So you're going to plays that you make in, you know, fourth quarter, like tight game situations, third downs, those are going to, which, you know, are winning plays. Those are what ultimately matter within that statistic. So Rogers is being heavily pulled down by his win probability component of this metric. He is in the 31st percentile of NFL quarterbacks um, when it comes to his win probability added per dropback. He is 69% worse than the average NFL quarterback when it comes to his impact on win probability so far this year. So not only is he just not really doing a whole lot, but when it matters, he is doing awfully. And I mean, I think the eye test bears that out when you watch their games. I mean, he's checked out. He's like third and long. Fuck it. I'm going to throw a two yard pass to this guy who I know, you know, has no, he's not Devonta Adams. He's sure as shit not going to get a first down. Like he is just mailing stuff in to your point. And it's, it's mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing to see. Um, I, I don't know what their contract situation or like how that contract structured exactly toaster. You might know, but you know, are they, I'm pretty sure, is there an out? There's really not. Um, I'll grab it here real quick, but I'm pretty sure that they basically tied themselves to him for yeah his cap his dead cap number uh next year would be 99 million probably a little bit heavy to take on um (laughs) after that 68 million dead cap for pre-june um if you get rid of them post-june it does go down to 22 uh technically i guess post-june one next year it's 31 but it's really they're coming out next year unless you're willing to post-june one cut him and eat $31 million, which is doable, but anything before June 1, so you're not trading them for anybody, mm-hmm. obviously, um, is is basically off limits. And I know we've had our back and forth on how much money you can eat, but I think at $68 million, we'd all agree that he's off limits at that point. I, I think so, too. What What's the impact if he retires? Do you know? If he retires, it gets a you little bit trickier on that one just because – Technically, your prorated bonus is able to be recouped by the team. So I would imagine that that one gets a little bit more of a negotiation. They can't put a real number on it. Um, yeah. Like Andrew Luck, they ate the dead money when he retired out of the blue. But that was really just, a, I mean, I think it was like $12 million at that point or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't like, crazy. Maybe he'll come back if we don't go after him for that. Um, I think if the if Rogers were to retire next year and they have a dead cap hit of a hundred million, that they would probably say, let's let's discuss this a little bit further. Yeah, damn, that's tough, man. That is real tough. <laughs> As you say with a big ass smile, <laughs> it's it's a real shame. Uh, yeah. You know, you hate to hear it. You hate to hear it. <laughs> oh um, man well before we get into the next games uh just to circle bring everything together um the carolina panthers put up uh what was it here 163 rushing yards with their second and third string running back also had four catches between the two of them for 37 yards so uh again 
talent differential at the quarterback position, very different than the talent differential at other positions. Love CMC, totally. great guy, wish the best for him, but they basically went into against one of the better rushing defenses in the league. And maybe the scheme wasn't there. The Bucks didn't think they had a chance in hell to run and just got, you know, hit in the mouth. But uh, to see that level of production, as soon as you get rid of your best player at that exact position, just shows you how little trade value there is in that and how much game planning can actually change things a la Brian Dable. Yeah, the Panthers going in and smacking the Bucks after they have full-on started sell mode is... Uh, you know, that was wild. PJ will give credit though. PJ Walker played great. Um, and he's going to get the start again this week. So, um, I hope that continues cause I like him, but got a first rep, two first, uh, first overall pick and a third overall pick. And they're taking the guy that was undefeated from the XFL. Uh, yeah, as their, exactly. As starter moving forward. All right. Um, any last thoughts before we move on to the week eight preview? Uh, I got a quick one. I wouldn't be surprised if NFL teams start taking um, schemes from rugby teams on goal line situations and end of game situations. I feel like if you train a team to learn how to actually run, you know, those lateral lines in like, you know, we're at this, our own 30, it's the last play of the game, keep the ball alive type situation. And then you're already starting to see it, but teams will now, move their tight end, tight end in behind a quarterback on a sneak and basically First. help push him in. And I think we'll start seeing a lot of more elements from rugby start transferring over to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought there was a rule against that and then there used to be, uh, there used to be. Sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Along the lines of that though, uh, how awesome was it to see Aaron Rodgers throw away the game by short arming it to his lineman, who probably could have got another twenty yards and close to the end zone, um, if he, he laid there dead. He just like yeah went between his legs. <laughs> he just sat there. <laughs> Poor guy. He shouldn't have been put in that position to begin with. On um, Cincinnati. Well, not quite yet. On to not quite yet. Tampa Bay and on to Tampa. Yes. So uh, week eight preview starts with the Thursday night game. The Ravens, who are one point favorites. At Tampa Bay, I, I do want to call out uh, that dogs. Ravens are uh, Bucks are giving a point, or yeah, oh, Bucks are minus one. I I'm looking at that MGM right now. Different when I pulled it earlier. Maybe I just misread it. But thank you for that. So Bucks double checking my own are one point favorites. Um, I was already very surprised at this line. I gotta say. Um, I just want to say for the record, yeah, what don't we know? Um, we are collectively 40, 43 and one this year. Um, toasters, the leader in the clubhouse at 15 and 13. Um, it was a bad week last week. I went one and three, both of you guys went two and two. So, um, if you are following our bets, you know, just, Take that for what it don't is. Don't follow that, me when I bet on the Patriots. That's why yeah. I don't bet on the Patriots. I'm mostly saying that the wave is coming, so you better get on now oh, or okay. you're going to be left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's ride, right? Let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> um, so the Ravens are at the Bucks. Bucks are one-point favorites. Thank you, J-Rob, for correcting me. <sighs> I, I don't 
I don't frankly understand this one at all. Um, this is definitely one where it is so off of what I thought it would be that I'm like Vegas is just fucking me right now. Like what is going on? <laughs> um, I guess I'll start with my pick. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. I was prepared to take them when I thought they were minus one. <laughs> um, I frankly didn't understand why they were uh, anything less than a field goal favorite against the Bucks, based on what we've seen from them. I mean, I know the Bucks are still the Bucks. They still have Tom Brady. They are a disaster. And... Not that the Ravens are necessarily like this world beater, you know, they they barely beat the Browns last week. They've obviously given up some some big fourth quarter leads this year. But I mean, there's no question in my mind that they are the better team here and they are getting a point on the road after we just saw Tampa lose to um, Carolina. I, I'm just, I don't understand this if I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. So somebody, somebody tell me how I'm wrong, but I'm on the Ravens plus one. It's usually what is, we're losing you toaster. We're losing you a little bit. I think you were saying recency bias, um, but you're frozen. So let's go to J Rob first. Uh, I'm at first when I saw the line, I thought the same thing being like, the Bucks are getting a point. I thought that was weird, but I am on the Bucks minus one purely because of how bad the Ravens' secondary is and how how many blown leads they've had in the fourth quarter. Um, the one quarterback that you probably don't want to play against when making a comeback is Tom Brady. He's the king of comebacks, and so if you're known for blowing fourth quarters and you're playing against the guy who's made some of the most historic comebacks in the fourth quarter, I as bad as the Bucks have been. I'm going Bucks minus one. All right. That makes me feel better because I was worried that we were all going to be on the same page uh, for uh, Thursday night, which doesn't set us up for success. Uh, where I was going with that before I was so rudely interrupted by the interim uh, was recency bias usually plays in Vegas' favor. They're always trying to hit that 4%, 5% profit and the spread set based on where they think the money will go. And after a team gets walloped like the Bucks, usually that knocks their number down. So that kind of scares me that they would have been four or five point favorites if they hadn't just taken that licking. But they have their tail between their legs right now. They've beaten the Atlanta Falcons just barely on a questionable roughing the passer call at the end of the game mm-hmm. to not have lost five straight. And one of those was against KC. We'll give them that. One of the losses was against the Green Bay Packers, but we've since seen that the Packers are not exactly the Packers of old. And that was a 14-12 game. They're just not putting up points. They put up 31 against the Chiefs, but since then, three against Carolina, 18 against Pittsburgh, 21 against Atlanta, and they did 12 against the Packers. So this is setting up to be exactly what J-Rob wants, which is the Baltimore Ravens get out to a huge early lead, have a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter, and then Tom Brady makes the comeback. But I just don't see that offensive firepower being there this time. They don't make the comeback. The Ravens, I think, win this one pretty handily, even being on the road on a short week. All right, so Toaster and I are on the Ravens plus one. 
J-Rob has, I mean, I feel like you've been burned by the Bucks before and you're just staying with it, huh? So I mean, at this point, I'm used to just mediocre, mediocre football with Denver. Like, you're rattling off how many points like the Bucks have scored over the last week. They're, like, they're not scoring a lot. I'm like, dude, I would. You're like, wow. For that. <laughs> I would kill to see a two in the tens column of my fucking team <laughs> score. Holy shit. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to the Sunday night game. Um, th- this this spread definitely reflects what we've seen as of late. The Packers at the Bills. Uh, the Bills are 11 and a half point favorites. I mean, I the Packers are bad, but, you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Toaster, you lead us off with this one. Uh, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to not bet against the spread whenever I don't have to on a number this big. (laughs) Um, Just because it's so big, because there is, I think Buffalo can wipe the floor with the Packers. I just can't commit to them doing that. And at 11 and a half, screw it. I'm going Buffalo. I'm going Buffalo. They are going to just absolutely ass wipe these Packers. They, they, who want who wants to play for Rodgers right now? It he basically said that his team needed to get benched and put in some put in some reserves. So screw it. I would I never want to f with a number that that's this big. But the Bills' offense is humming. Um, they have Devin Singletary and um, James Cook, who are clearly better than Christian McCaffrey. Otherwise, they would have made that trade too. Um, and they just they hand it to the Packers. All right, J. Rob. Uh, so I was, I'm leaning towards the Bills, but now I'm doing a quick scramble to see what the Packers' <laughs> record has been in prime time this year to see if like it spins on the Packers into covering because it's prime time and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is all about the brand. Uh, hasn't played in prime time. Okay, so well, it, lo- that's not true. They played the Bears on Sunday night and they won. They uh, they obliterated them. Oh, I was looking at Thursday night's schedule slate. There you go. Okay, so yeah, that's when I'm gonna spin zone. I got the Packers covering eleven and a half. Uh, <laughs> nothing like the bright lights for him to spew whatever opinions he wants to say, whether it's throwing his own team under the bus or saying he's immunized from any criticism that he deserves from this team. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Packers covering. I mean, the Bills are still going to win. The game's not going to be like, on paper, the game's not going to be close. On the eye test, the game's not going to be close. But I think the Bills let up with a with a third quarter lead, a fourth quarter lead, and maybe you get a backdoor cover. So, yeah, I like the Packers. I don't know. I, I think based on everything that we've said about Aaron Rodgers to this point, um, going back to – how will teams handle the trade deadline? This seems like the perfect opportunity for him, knowing that they are going into this game with no chance to win. Nobody's given them a chance to win. He will make it a point on national television to show that he doesn't have anyone of value to throw the football to and maybe force the Packers into some sort of wide receiver trade. Because, I I mean... At this point, what else can possibly help them? Like this, this current group of receivers isn't doing anything. They're going to have to be desperate, I, I think. And Rodgers, this is the perfect opportunity for him to point that out. Um, 
so I'm on, I'm on the bills. I mean, I don't like the number, obviously, like who likes giving up almost 12 points, but like this one could be like a 40 to 10, like ass beating in Buffalo. Um, so I'm I'm, Buffalo's coming off a bye too. Yeah. So (laughs) an extra week to prepare for this. And the thing is that the Packers defense just hasn't been as stout as you were expecting them to be this year. I mean, they've been given up 20 plus points in five of their six games and that's against, you know, lesser competition. Um, totally new England, New York, New York, Washington, all putting up 20 points on them. Uh, not something that you would have expected at the beginning of this year. Um, I appreciate the trade deadline talk because that does seem like a sandbag and son of a bitch type of thing that Aaron (laughs) Rodgers would try to pull off. And I think he does need a new receiver. And if they haven't made the move by now, they're not going to make the move till after the week. Yeah. All right. So to recap myself and toaster on the bills and J Rob is taking the Packers just because YOLO. I don't know. Um, Pretty much. (laughs) <laughs> believe in Rogers. believe in brady i'm just yeah. believing in prime time these boys yeah. love prime time so okay okay um moving on to the monday night game the Bengals at the browns Bengals are three and a half point favorites um they are coming off an offensive explosion joe burr threw for 480 yards um i don't like what the fuck even is that that doesn't even make sense um the Bengals made a pretty drastic change in their approach and scheme in this game or this previous game. Um, they previously throughout the season had been very siloed and I'm using that term because I've heard it a million times from all the smart people that talk about football other than us. Um, very, very siloed in their formations and the place that they run out of them. So they were very predictable. This last game, they just said, fuck it. We are going to go in shotgun the entire time and go back to what Joe Burrow does best, which is dissect the field, know where to go with the football. And they actually had a lot of success running the ball out of shotgun, too, I think because of that tendency break. Um, Obviously, that can only go so far. Like, you know, it's not like that's all of a sudden that was the skeleton key that unlocks them and they're a juggernaut now but clearly they are finding their footing and i just don't think the browns are you know gonna put up much of a fight in this one like you know you credit jacoby Brissett, and you know there's there's a lot of admirable performances on that browns team but they're just not they're not a very strong team we know what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase can do when they get rolling and they get they're feeling confident. And I just don't see the Browns keeping up with them necessarily, um, assuming that the Bengals offense keeps on the track that they've been. So um, I'm thinking that the Bengals cover this pretty easily. Um, I would have probably taken it as high as five and a half, maybe. Um, so it's, you know, I, I'm on this one three and a half without a doubt. Well, I'll jump in then because uh, we're aligned for the second straight week on our primetime picks. Um, I am with you that I think Cincinnati's found something. 
Um, it is a divisional game that is a road or it is a home underdog, uh, which we know we have a fan base for taking um, <laughs> straight up, not if not against the spread. Uh, but I just the only games that Jacoby Brissett's been able to win this year are against the Carolina Panthers week one and the Pittsburgh Steelers in week three. Everything Whoa, the is- Carolina Panthers just beat Tom Brady, okay? <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Steelers also beat Tom Brady. So, you know. <laughs> uh, and maybe there's a secret sauce there for, for them, but it's and maybe Brissett's, you know, should have kept him in New England uh, as Brady's backup to, to play, you know, the Panthers and the, and the Steelers. But uh, they just ha- they haven't been as competitive as their, uh, you know, talent has shown. And the biggest thing to me is that talk about Kareem Hunt and knowing that if they lose, he's on the trade deadline or he's on the trade block. And if I was a player, which everyone can say they don't listen to the media, they don't, you know, check, check Twitter. It's bullshit. They know that they're, they're saying, wait, so today, this Monday is basically whether or not we're giving up on the season. Maybe that's the catalyst they need and it puts them over the top. But to me, it would say, we don't believe in Brissett. We don't believe in what we have. We're playing for next year. Uh, let's get the assets and let's let's let Joe Burr uh, bend this over. All right, Toaster. I like that you're uh, on the Joe Burr train. I always love when you gotta you're forced to uh, take his side. Um, J. Rob, who you got? Uh, so I'm gonna be a team player here since we uh, seem to always lose the Monday night ones when whenever we go unanimous. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns plus three and a half, and I'll give a good reason. Uh, NFL players have high egos, and I feel like, similar to the Panthers situation, when guys know they're on the trading block, I feel like they tend to show out because either they're you know, feeling disrespected or they're like, this is my chance to get the fuck out of this shithole, so I'm going to ball out and you know, become uh, appealing to other teams. And so I wouldn't be surprised if you see a big Kareem Hunt game. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, you can tell he he's probably the only player that's upset that Sean Watson had an 11-game suspension because he's like, bro, why couldn't it be like five? Like, I'm dying out here. Like, he looks like he, he he's met his toll. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say the Browns cover. Doesn't mean they win. But for the sake of the pod and holding it down for Monday night and avoiding the – the unanimous Sweet. jinx. I'm taking the Browns plus three and a half. All right. They've also Imagine. had some bad luck. Like they have had some like rough luck with some officiating things like that. Yeah. I think that game wound up being closer than what the Bengals have been putting up the past few weeks. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. The bonus picks. J-Rob, you want to lead us off on that? Just keep the train rolling yeah i'm gonna i mean this one felt like a layup and i'm just gonna double down on the titans covering minus two against the texans i feel like it's an easy not an easy game but division game less than three points for mike vrabel i will take that every time so yeah i love the titans against the texans the texans have looked pretty freaking bad and i don't think the texans have really any incentive to want to win games not that they're tanking but the Titans are head of the division, and I think they want to keep it there, and this is an easy way for them to bolster their division uh, total. So, yeah, I like the Titans minus two. So you're on the Malik Willis bandwagon? <laughs> better, what, better than what the Texans got. <laughs> Fair enough there. But, yeah, uh, Tannehill's been actually a surprisingly good quarterback this year, according to uh, 
at John Kingston's metrics. Uh, so I think it could be. Uh, it's the uh, the cube ranking, by the way. Yeah. Cube is cube. the okay. is the name of the statistic for the okay. for the record. Official. Um, cube R is what we're going. Um, <laughs> uh, so I do think that that'll be a big, a decent loss for them. Another uh, home dog that uh, we're going against. So that's that's a little dangerous there. But uh, just it's had to Texans out, had to throw out that Tannehill may or may not be the quarterback. I think that's the reason uh, for your quote unquote layup with the minus two. Um, with that, I'll go ahead and take my layup um, with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders at the Saints, minus one and a half. Uh, don't believe in Andy Dalton now that he's been named the starting quarterback for the Saints over Jameis Winston. They still are just so decimated uh, from injury. Uh, likely not going to have Thomas. Very likely not going to have uh, Landry. Uh, Pete's out. Lattimore might be back. Uh, there's just they're just dealing with too much, and the Raiders have lost some close games. They've been competitive. I think that they can cover one and a half points. It's not going to be not going to be that daunting, even in the Superdome. You're not believing in Andy Dalton. He threw five touchdowns last week. Okay, he threw six touchdowns, two to the other team, and four. Ah, them. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot one. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be betting against Andy Dalton too. I think the Raiders are solid and one and a half is close enough. Kind of like the Titans Texans situation where like the Titans are good enough that mm -hmm. if it's less than a field goal, it's like, all right, well, might as well why not take my right? chances. Yeah. All right. Um, so big spreads you have to work, walk out, watch out for the heavy, the heavy favorites, right? Like the Packers and the Bucks and <laughs> Those the Cowboys, the Bills on Sunday night, yeah, Broncos. <laughs> um, all right, so my uh, bonus pick, as always, uh, if they are not in prime time, I'm picking the Bears game. Uh, the Bears are at the Cowboys. Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites. Um, I don't think this is like too far off of you know what I would have pegged it to be. Um, Cowboys second week that Dak's back, he's probably going to be in more of a rhythm. They are without Zeke, but maybe that's better for them. Um, if they're without they, Zeke's contract, they'd be much happier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, th th really what this comes down to, I, I think is, are you buying really the bears as a, like just functional team, um, that, you know, can hang within, 10 points of anybody or is what we saw on Monday night, like a total outlier and is Micah Parsons just going to destroy Justin Fields? Um, I'm probably somewhere in the middle on that. Um, but I have, I think I've lost every week. No, that's not true. I did have a push. Uh, one of the weeks that I picked against the bears I've lost it. So every other game I've picked against them, which has been a lot, um, actually I've lost. So I'm, I'm going to take the nine and a half points. Um, I am buying that the bears are starting to understand what they need to do to win. Um, I think this was a big, that Monday night game against the Patriots was a big step forward for the team from a confidence standpoint, the Cowboys, even with Dak back, I just don't, I don't know. Maybe it's three to six at half to the Detroit Lions. 
Yeah. And like, maybe it, I'm just thinking too much of what we saw from them last year. Um, because we've seen so little of Dak this year, it's, you know, it's hard to really paint a picture of where they're at with uh, that offense with him. Um, but I, I'm just not really scared by them. And I, th- I think the bears coaching staff is smart enough to not let Micah Parsons absolutely wreck the game is he going to make a couple splash plays absolutely um but i think they will do their best to stay away from him as much as possible um i am if this is a head coaching thing i'm a thousand percent taking matt eberflus over mike mccarthy um so i do still think the cowboys likely win this game um at home especially bears are on a short week but um it's probably gonna be like a six point win or something is kind of where my head's at. So uh, I'm going to take the points with the bears um, and ride the wave. So to recap, Oh no, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm with you after what they were able to do for the Patriots. And I'm glad we changed up the format so that we didn't have to talk about that game specifically for a (laughs) period of time. Um, But it they're starting to understand, you know, where the pol- where the holes will be in the defense. Um, I think Bill played some zone against them that was a little bit surprising, and Justin was able to hit those passes twenty yards downfield, which he's been trying to do this whole time. But now they're starting to understand those pockets, those openings, where the where it will be, and they've got the threat of Justin taking off at any given moment, even when he's shadowed um, by a linebacker. He's just too damn quick. So. I think that they found a little bit of a scheme. Um, Michael Parsons could stay with him. Don't get me wrong there. But you're not going to give up Michael Parsons and just have him floating in the middle of the field for the chance that he's going to be able to catch up with Justin Fields. So you scheme away from him, and they did that very well last week. And with the offensive struggles that the Cowboys had, uh, Dak didn't look great, in my opinion. Maybe the you know completion percentage says differently, but... I mean, if he couldn't even get a completion to Michael Gallup, his number two wide receiver, I think that they're going to they're gonna have some rough roads ahead. And luckily, they're in the NFC East, and they're playing the Bears, so they can probably get a couple of victories under their belt while they're still doing that. But I don't think that they're going to be putting up tremendous numbers um, for, for the next couple of weeks. No, I agree. I mean, they're just... They're such a shell, I think, of themselves from a couple of years ago where they just had this dominant offensive line and all these weapons on the outside and, and Zeke was just a workhorse. Like they they have to work a lot harder to score points than they have. And I think they're still adjusting to that mindset. Um, I do think when Dak is on, he is a very good quarterback. But we haven't seen him truly be on for a little while now. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I, I just think, like, they're, they're not as – their defense is incredible. Like, don't get me wrong. Their defense is absolutely incredible. But, like, you look at them holistically as a team, and, I mean, they're not even close to the fucking Eagles. And – you know, the Giants are, I think, outperforming their record, but they're probably closer to them at this point. Um, unfortunately, like you said, they're probably going to get a couple more easy wins out of that 
division by having to play the commanders, having to play the giants, you know, they probably get a win this week. And, you know, we're talking our, our Jera is talking himself into uh, another year of Mike McCarthy here. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, I do still think the Cowboys win, but yeah, definitely um, nine and a half points feels like a lot. Um, so to recap, we are toaster and I are on the Ravens Thursday nights. Um, we are also on the bills. J Rob is opposite of us on those games. Um, Oh, sorry. Monday night as well. So, Jerob, you are just like bucking just going the whole trade. pod right yeah. now. Okay. Doing it for the squad. Um, doing it for the squad. appreciate that. Uh, I am on the Bears plus nine and a half. Uh, J-Rob is on the Titans, the Titans, sorry, uh, minus Thank two. You. And Toaster is on the Raiders minus one and a half. So, um, this is for sure the week that we get back on track which means J-Rob's going to go over because he faded all of uh, our picks. So the only way that the pod gets over 500, I think, is <laughs> if, um, yeah, <laughs> J-Rob goes over. Um, at least not your bonus pick. Or yeah, you can keep your bonus. bonus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So that will do it for this episode. Uh, any parting thoughts? Anything that we wanted to talk about uh, maybe didn't nothing, get a chance to? Nothing that we want to talk about necessarily, but I do want to throw out a couple of crazy spreads right now. So Dolphins are only minus three and a half to the Detroit Lions. So apparently Vegas thinks that Tua's actually going to throw some interceptions this he game. He sucks again. <laughs> Detroit Lions will catch it. Um, the Patriots are favored by two and a half against the Jets, the five and two Jets. Uh, frauds. Jets are frauds. Yeah. The Giants are still underdogs to the Seahawks, and they're just going to keep living that <laughs> underdog style. Three-point underdogs to the Seahawks. Uh, I love football. Uh, the lines mean nothing. The spreads mean nothing. It's just go out there on Sunday, and Vegas is just like, let's let's make our money uh, by keeping this as close as possible, 50-50. But those are some very interesting lines to me um, based on recent developments. For sure. I mean, I am... I'm definitely shocked by the Patriots one only because the Jets have been playing well, despite the fact that their quarterback has been dog oh. shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how Bruce that continues. Yeah. Brees Hall is done now. Um, they, they did, did trade for James Robinson. Robinson so we'll yeah. see what happens there. But like, it, they just seem primed to fall on their face because they start to play teams that are, you know, score two touchdowns and that offense is like, Oh fuck. Like, what do we do? Um, they go Patriots, Bills, Patriots. So it'll be, they'll figure themselves out real fast if they're able to beat the Patriots. No kidding. I, I would expect, uh, you know, I wouldn't put the odds at zero that, uh, Joe Flacco makes an appearance for that third game, that second Patriots game, uh, depending on how this keeps going for Zach Wilson comes after a bye, So they get an extra week to prepare. There you go. All right. No, definitely a good call out on some of those spreads. Um, that, that's a little wild. Uh, also, if, you know, I would have said to you that the Rams would be uh, an underdog this early in the season at home against uh, a division rival, like it, you would have told me I was crazy. But I mean, I don't think that's too far fetched that the Niners are one and a half point favorites right now. Well, um, I mean, the Seahawks are leading the division. Um, the is it the Falcons are tied for the division lead. Like this, yeah, it's a fun year. It's a fun year. How the Broncos <laughs> <It really> do? <laughs> Awful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I don't even, I can't even speak. I can't even like formulate sentences (laughs) to explain how bad they've been. It's just, they're forgettable. They're irrelevant. They would be forgettable. They're They're not forgettable. If they They were uh, 24 seven, because sorry, their offense is forgettable. (laughs) They're, Uh, Oh, Talk about the biggest shit show that to sum up the entire Broncos season. Did you guys see their uniforms they're doing for the London game? They're oh, wearing no. their away tops, white tops with orange bottoms or with blue bottoms. But the fun, the weird part is the white jerseys have blue stripes on the sides and the blue pants have orange stripes on the sides. So you're going to have this long stripe that's just going to be cut in half in the middle of two different colors. It looks awful. Oh, like, I see. All right. Let just me put this team down, dude. Like, put this team down. Send them to the turn, glue. Turn factory. this horse into glue. Like, what is going on? Uh, oh, and they're already talking about maybe trading Bradley Chubb. So, like, are they already having buyer's remorse? Because if they have to trade Chubb, they're clearly seeing their situation being like, we need to get draft picks because what we have is not getting it done. I mean, there's rumors that they're shopping Judy. Like, it, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Not oh my good. God. These, I just saw photos of yeah. what they're wearing. Yeah. White Holy top, blue shit. bottoms. What, wait. Yeah. What the fuck? And the stripes are two different colors the sh- on the sides. Yeah. It's going to, it's, and that's what, that's your product you're putting out to London to help spread the game. Oh God. Might as well put on a cloud costume for Halloween and honk some noses while you're there too. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> that uh that's pretty damn bad pretty damn bad for sure uh, uh, hey, Russ no, got his knee highs his, his high knees in on the plane there so yeah so they're gonna by be, 20 they're gonna be great i mean they might score 12 points right did russ forget oh, his jersey back home is that why they had to do this and they're like i'm, I'm convinced you, you brought the wrong pants russ dude i'm convinced <laughs> it was like an equipment issue and they're like check out this new thing we're doing check out this uh remix to the jersey we're doing and people are like what Oh, that is not good. Not good. Uh, Last thing for me is RIP in peace, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, It's been a great adventure. I don't think he's going to make it into Canton, but he had a good stretch of five years there where he was one of the, one of the elites in the league. So that MVP season was awesome. Yeah. Like he, does he call it before the end of the year? There's no reason to, um, just get paid. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, Russ Wilson that actually took him out, right? His MVP year kicked him out of the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they lost to the Seahawks that year. Um, I thought his really, MVP year was the Patriots year. Yeah. I thought that was the 28 to three oh, year. Wasn't right. it? You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, so props to him. He's handling like a champ and that's what I hope the other quarterbacks start to take on here is the fact that he's still there for his team, despite everything that's happened to him. Um, and Sam Ellinger little gunslinger i think that this might be a little colt's revival right now yeah no better way not. to do it than against the commanders <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not buying it i don't know just side note could you imagine the shit show if aaron Rodgers got benched like this yeah. i mean he would burn that fucking town to the ground i mean it's like three buildings but like he would burn it to the ground <laughs> uh, i mean he's already dressed up like a villain so yeah <laughs> true all right all right uh so that'll do it for this episode everybody thank you for listening um again let us know if you are going to tail or fade our picks um fade at your own risk though 
uh, unless you're going to fade J-Rob because that's uh, the right approach. But um, <laughs> I'm going to laugh when I go 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be pretty good. All right. Uh, we do still need to get out on a uh, nice little call from J-Rob here. So. All right. So since it, since it's in London, I'm going to do an awful, awful British action. Look, oh, that's British a, a, a Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was so you good, actually. from London. 